Sí. Yeah, when that robot voice pops in, you know it's time to begin. And wherever you are, whenever you are, and however you happen to be listening, we're so glad you've chosen to tune in to ELC. Especially if you're one of our geeks and snakes using this podcast to power you through a workout or a run. Hey, maybe you're enjoying the break of fall as the leaves change and you're wandering around walking the dog outside, just enjoying 90 plus minutes of gaming goodness because DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way we love it to be. And that is completely free. Thanks to our patrons at patreon.com slash DLC pod. Those folks over there are making sure this show is possible at all. We get to continue because of their generosity. And in return, they get some cool stuff, including completely ad-free episodes, video versions of the show on demand, and even a very cool bonus show we call Paid DLC. It features Lana Bashinsky alongside Christian and myself talking about whatever is coming up during the week. A much more casual, fun, off-the-cuff, crazy convo that the patrons seem to love. You can be one of those people that seem to love it by going over to patreon.com slash DLC pod. DLC, of course, the show all about games. And there are many forums, games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles. Also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff Kanata. That's spelled with two N's and one T. And I am joined, as always, by my friend slash co-host slash nemesis. The guy who is the true trombone champ, Mr. Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian. I mean, you're not wrong. Uh, no, my older brother, my older brother, my older brother played a mean trombone. I know you're talking about the, 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 the video game that's taken the world by storm. My older brother played a mean trombone. Also, later uh, in his life was the lead in Music Man, another trombone adjacent production. And I will tell you, the trombone is a beautiful instrument that is underrepresented until I guess most recently, but the spit trap and a trombone. So gross. It's down at the, it's disgusting, but uh, people don't talk about the, the grotesqueries of musical instruments enough. You know what I mean? I I played a a little bit of clarinet in, uh, in high school, uh, terribly, terribly, but I, I had a clarinet and the, really the lasting memory I have is just how disgusting a reed needs to be for any woodwind instrument. It just, it needs, you just slopping that reed all up. Soaking it, sucking on it. It's disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Disgusting. <laughs> this is not a uh, musical instrument podcast, although it may be with Trombone Champ, take, as you said, taking the world by storm. Who knew? But it is indeed video games. And we're going to talk a lot of really awesome stuff. Tons of more news coming out this week. We got great games to talk about. And we're going to do that with one of our favorite guests. You know, the DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But this week, Oh, I'm so excited because DLC stands for Distributing Literature to the Crowd. Because we have the CEO of Unbound.com, the world's first crowdfunding publisher, as well as two other things. First, verified, bona fide, hype-trained patron to this very podcast. Also, recent birthday boy. Oh, my goodness. 
It's one of our favorite people, Will with one L himself, Will Harris. Welcome back to the show. Guys, it is great to be here. It's always an absolute pleasure to um, chop it up with you guys listening to uh, talking all the good video game stuff. I listen to you guys every week. You are responsible for a lot of money leaving my bank account. But uh, it's it's good to get it, to be here and actually uh, and talk about this stuff. But am I, I'm already thinking we're streaming this live, right? Yes, we are recording at an no, odd I'm, time. I'm just going to make myself just uh, a little bit more comfortable oh! here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, video, video of the show people are enjoying a uh piece of swag that will just revealed he's got the that sick dlc logo t-shirt Corey schmitz which, which by the way you can get yourself by heading over to dlcswag.com if you'd like to check it out Corey schmitz is amazing logo will you're the best you're so will is like the most supportive human in the world uh he he's the the best and thank you for supporting the show thank you for constantly um you know being a patron and all the things you do it's amazing we should say though your newest endeavor unbound.com sounds really really cool tell us what it is sure um so it's a it's a pretty exciting um platform it's a it's a traditional fairly book publishing company but the cool thing is that we we crowdsource ideas for books and then get people to write them. And we've got a lot of cool books that are um, very kind of gamer friendly. We've got so, we've got um, a book called Itchy Tasty, which is a complete oral history of the Resident Evil series. Um, there's a whole yeah. book on um, the scariest video game ever made, Alien Isolation. Um, an entire book about uh, things that we learn from the butts of different video game characters, uh, <laughs> called things I learned from Mario games, but from Mario's butt. Um, so yeah, lots of good, um, lots of good books to be enjoyed there. So um, yeah. thanks very much for, for letting me talk about Play that. on your bookshelf for all to see Mario butt. Mario's butt. That's what everybody yeah, wants. I'm very excited about this uh, Douglas Adams book. That oh yeah, probably- man. Oh. I mean. You know, a lot of the, a lot of the, uh, I know a lot of the DLCs will be will be major sci-fi geeks as well. We worked with um, the the sadly way too soon taken from us Douglas Adams' yeah. uh, estate to take all the stuff that was in like his office when he died and just digitize it and make a coffee table book out of it. So there's everything from wedding speeches to half written emails to notes and outlines and post-its and it's just like a fantastic kind of snapshot of how that guy thought um so you can yeah you can go and pre-order that now it's a 42 it's a fantastic book oh cool so cool unbound.com is where you go for that uh we got we got tons to get into fellas so let's kick the show off the way we always do the story of the week story of the week it's the story of the week story of the week it's the story Story of the Week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happen in the world of games this week. You can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. That's also where you can send comments or questions, really anything you'd like us to know. We love hearing from you. dlcfeedback at gmail.com. We also have a couple of communities that would be fun for you to take part in as well. We've got a Discord which is 5x5DLC on Discord. We also have a subreddit, which is also 5x5DLC.reddit.com. Great folks hanging out, talking games, and all sorts of other things. Check it out. Become a part. But Will, you are our guest, so you get first pick of stories. What would you consider to be your story of the week? 
Well, look, I I have to represent. I'm going to squeeze this one in as a cheeky as a cheeky pre-story of the week. I think the fact we're getting Ted Lasso in FIFA 23. If I wasn't here to represent British football, um, then I I wouldn't be doing my job here as a guest from across the pond. Um, the Ted Lasso AFC Richmond team coming to FIFA 23 is 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 huge and brilliant. And maybe we can talk about um, that later in uh, in uh, the playlist. But Clearly, the biggest story of this week is the fact that NVIDIA has got a new series of GeForce cards. It's the RTX 40 series. And man, if I thought this uh, podcast had made me spend some money before, (laughs) we're talking different levels here. Christian, throw your card in the garbage. (laughs) The card that is the highly coveted. 3080 that we couldn't even get our hands on for months. It's trash. It's garbage. <laughs> Throw it in the it why would you even sully your PC with this piece of garbage? Throw it in the bin. British people, you can throw it in the bin. Right in the bin. Right in the bin. Take it out of the boot, put it in the <laughs> bin. <laughs> uh the 40 series GPUs uh coming out at a higher price point than NVIDIA has ever launched before, uh, about $100 per tier uh, higher than the 30 series uh, came out. We've got the 4090, which is the flagship. It'll arrive about a month earlier than others on October 12th, 24 gigabytes of memory. Uh, It'll be $1,600 at launch for just the GPU in your your PC. Uh, But then a month later, Two 4080s uh, come out, two different 4080s, which is interesting because they're not distinguishing them by any other moniker other than the fact that they're different and have different amounts of RAM in this. 16 gigabyte version and the 12 gigabyte version, uh, they are um, uh, 1200 and 900 respectively. Uh, Big news here, of course, that we got new technology in them. Uh, The 4090 supposedly based on NVIDIA's claims, will do double, about double what a 3090 could do in terms of performance. Although it doesn't have, you know, double the teraflops, but this is not a benchmark that NVIDIA is relying on anymore to give you a sense of what it actually can do. But um, based on their reporting, you know, based on their um, press event, Uh, Also, DLSS 3.0 is being rolled out, which will have a huge benefit uh, across a number of really high-profile games. Uh, An example of DLSS 3.0 in Cyberpunk 2077, for example, with ray tracing maxed out, uh, DLSS manages 22 frames per second. DLSS 2 gets you 62 frames per second. And this new DLSS 3 they say we'll get you a hundred frames per second. So it's a massive improvement. Uh, it same also thing gets with- you a um, robust RPG. <laughs> well, evidently now it's good. This is the uh, this is the no man's skying of uh, Cyberpunk. Just this last couple of weeks, it's, it's supposedly it's good now. I got to revisit. I know. Come on, just let me have my little joke, and we can okay. just keep moving. All right. On, uh, similar benchmarks with Microsoft Flight Simulator. Uh, DLSS 3 goes from 60 to 120, so doubles from uh, DLSS. Will, you are a noted tech pundit. Uh, What do you make of this new round of GPUs? We're sort of in the post, 
uh, post um, blockchain world where actually, you know, GPUs may be able to be purchased by human beings at this point instead of just by, you know, farms. Um, do you think these will be a success? Do you think the price point is prohibitive? What's your take? So, I mean, first of all, I think it's quite cool that the the GPU architecture they've called they've it, Lovelace after yeah. I presume Ada Lovelace, the uh, the English nineteenth century mathematician, not um, Linda Lovelace, who is a, a very very different character entirely. Um, <laughs> yes. But um, I think you know it's interesting when. When we saw sort of the, the the even the 1080 series, the 2080 series, the 38 series, when we saw that raw power just being used, you know, let's face it, primarily for blockchain crunching, right? Then these huge, staggering kind of increases in power were were a really useful, and b you could really justify the cost. It's like if I know I can mine X amount more by paying this amount of money, then you know, clearly it's worth doing. What I'm really struggling to think of, and I mean, it's the chicken and egg situation that as PC gamers we've always faced is like, what am I really doing with this? Yeah. Like, you know, the examples that NVIDIA offers up is like, oh, I can max out the ray tracing on Cyberpunk. And I'm like, cool, that game's two years old now. And I mean, I know it only <laughs> just got good. Um, it's like sort of toddler. It's just about sort of learning to walk now. And maybe in like five years time, it'll have some like decent interaction um, <laughs> rather than just sort of pooping the bed every time you try and make it do anything complicated. <laughs> but um, it's like, okay, I can play. I mean, I guess if I'm doing like mega sim racing, this might be cool. Um, it, or, or flight sim. But there is just like, I would love to have this running the new God of War. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. give me a concurrent pc release of the new god of war and then let me throw this at it right yeah. Yeah. But it's like but in two years you know we're not going to get new god of war on pc for another two years probably by which point we'll be on the 6080 and we'll be mortgaging our houses to buy it at you know stupendously inflationary rates you know thanks joe biden but um <laughs> it's i just as, as much as i love i love technology for the sake of technology I just don't know what I'm going to do with this. I think that's a fair assessment. I mean, I, I, I see this come out and I immediately, my tech lust uh, involuntarily kicks in and I say, I must have, I must have uh, $1,600. That's is... called morning. That's called morning tech lust. I think you wake up with it most mornings and you're <laughs> yeah. like, oh, yeah. Still, I, I thought uh, I was old, and I thought I was, I thought I was over this. But no, I morning go and tech I, lust is. I, you know, I take a pee and I come back, and I'm like, I don't really need this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, yeah, I mean, sixteen hundred dollars for the forty ninety is uh, is pretty intense. The you know, for comparison, thirty ninety came out at uh, fifteen hundred dollars uh, at launch, so it's only a hundred dollar more. Um, and again, that's across the board. So the you know, seven ninety nine uh, version uh, of the you know the thirty eighty is now eight ninety nine. Now there's this twelve hundred dollar one, which I guess is kind of equivalent to the thirty eighty Ti. Um, it's it's a lot of money, and you're right, Will. What exactly do you get other than that feeling of oh wow, how nice is it to see the little number in the upper right hand corner of how many frames per second I'm getting? Uh, I I'm very conflicted because there's just this part of me that's inherent that says i want the newest latest best give me the one that can crank the high just let me oh, i want the ferrari but it's uh it, it it does feel a bit like overkill at the moment christian 
What is your feeling on the price and what the offering here is? Yeah, it, it's tough because things are more expensive now than they were before. Uh, you know, recent inflation aside, you know, to be the old man yelling at the cloud, like, uh, I remember when a movie was under $3, you know, like things are more expensive. It, it, I get it. I get it. But also my 9080 Ti computer, the whole thing was less than, than this GPU. Uh, and a 90, a 9080, sorry, 980, a 9080. Yeah. In yeah the I was future, confused as what you're saying, yeah. but I was going to let you, no. uh, keep going. In the future, they eventually we're on a 4080s now when the 9080 came out, it's actually cheaper. I can time travel. Don't tell anyone <laughs> the only one. Um, my 980 TI yeah. entire rig was less than this 4090. Right. Um, and, and a, a 980 is a pretty good good computer still like it's still an, you know yeah like it's still a pretty good gpu and so is i this, struggle is this, with it is this as good as three ps5s that's the question well and or for me is this as good as three steam decks like I'm, I'm just gonna say three steam decks i'm like if you look at our playlist it's like <laughs> there's so much retro and there's so much 2d and it's like yeah let me buy the 3090 for 1600 dollars i'm gonna play cult of lamb <laughs> it's gonna really yeah. rip up that cult of lamb man yeah and like i don't get me wrong i want one of these again jeff like you i, I i'm like oh, i can yeah my case is big i can make this I, I can do this but i i think the 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 even stronger than the normal air quote rational side of my brain is i think we were texting about this maybe last week or maybe it was on a couple of wednesdays ago jeff but like so many games that are currently still being announced, not just coming out, still being announced, are still cross-gen, right? Like they're still being announced as cross-gen. And if that's the case, two years into this current gen, we're still getting cross-gen games. I have to think that GP, most people's current GPUs will continue to crush games going forward throughout this generation. I, I'm not sure what's going to push it or, I mean, never you never need it right but like necessitate this bigger leap i think so, so, there, so christian there is an answer to that which is if you had to render the exact same game twice at the same time in extremely high resolution and then put it on your face <laughs> that's right, right. so that's so true. the reason to have that amount of power yes. is like forget like cyberpunk 2077 at 100 fps give me vr cyberpunk at 50 fps Right and put me in that same world, but now you're speaking my language, Will. Right? Yes. This well, is what I want. This is why I was so ravenous to get the 3080 two years ago, uh, is because I thought we were entering into you know I'm getting that Valve Index and I was going to be playing that Half Life Alex and it all it all it all happened and then wait does and that then how there you were... VR Jeff for for people watching? Can you can you show us how you uh, VR again real quick? <laughs> Well, so immersive. That's, that's some great VRing. That's yeah, some thank you. Quality thank you very VRing. Much. Yeah. Try, try to do that on a 2D screen. You can't. Possible. Possible. <laughs> try it. You can. I mean, yeah, uh, we just haven't had that avalanche of high quality VR stuff. And frankly, right. we haven't had the high quality VR hardware. I mean, I know we've got these kind of prototype Oculus things like floating around. Sorry, not Oculus Meta. But um, it's like, you know, without that, how much more do I need? We're not going to 8K anytime soon, right? Right. So uh, I'm just really, more than any other gen, 
this one is just really making me think, ah, I, I've got to really think about how you justify it. Uh, allow me to add some uh, incentive in the form of a song. X makes it dirty. That's what we're talking about. Throw your graphics card in the trash. It's garbage. Garbage. It's garbage. Uh, NVIDIA reliably making your, your technology garbage. Every couple of years. years. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've said years it once. Now. I'll keep saying it. I do love how they keep pushing it forward, though. Like, it, it, I'm a little bummed that DLS 3.0 isn't capable or compatible with older GPUs, it seems like. But what that seems to be able to do is incredible. You know, like the iterations on what DLS has done over these generations is, is incredible. And I think about versions of that in future handhelds, you know, whether it's yeah. a future switch or a, a, a future iteration of a steam deck or something like that. Um, that to me is the most exciting part of this announcement. It is mind blowing what um, DLS 3.0 is doing. Indeed. And, you know, to speak directly to what you were bringing up, Will, I mean, obviously, that's my hope, and and I'm I'm really still kind of um, uh, bullish on the technology, and and I hope that that PlayStation VR two kickstarts it, that whatever Apple is planning kickstarts it, that this new Meta headset, that we're kind of approaching another uh, rise in that technology where we'll get compelling software again, and. You know, uh, I read just this week that uh, I, there was 120,000 new downloads for Half-Life Alex because of the mod that the VR mod that came out. So, you know, there's a bubbling that I'm hoping is happening and that uh, we will get some more really compelling software and the PSVR 2 will, will lead that charge. We'll see. We'll see. So that's the G, new GeForce cards. Um uh, curious. I would love to hear in the Discord and and on the on the uh subreddit how many folks are planning to upgrade their graphics cards. I mean, it does seem like it, it is a pretty massive increase in power if if they are to be believed. Uh we shall see this new architecture sounds really impressive. Uh Christian, what is your story of the week? Uh whoop whoop. That's the sound of the police. Whoop. Whoop. Um, apparently, uh, Will with one L Harris got uh, arrested. Oh, sorry, it was somebody else over across the <laughs> pond who got got arrested for this. Um, we talked. Oops, that's the wrong thing. I clicked over. Well, we talked about uh, that. You know that big GTA Six leak. You know, uh, mm -hmm. and you know how in GTA games, when you go too hard, too fast, uh, you know, and you get that five star, and and, and uh, the cops are all over you, and there's no nothing you can do. It's like when you go just like when you when you try to request a ransom, you know, like when you just take it that next step too far, and it becomes like, oh, we were hacked. To like, oh, you're going down. Uh, that happened. Yeah, <laughs> that definitely happened. The alleged GTA Six leaker has been arrested. Seventeen year old. A uh, kid out of Oxfordshire. I'm sure I'm saying that without the wrong, uh, with the wrong uh, inflection and accent. Um, uh, London City Police, in collaboration with the FBI, because yeah, when you try to extort a uh, billion-dollar global company, uh, stuff gets real. 
And the arrested also, though, saying uh, from Rockstar, they have come out and said they don't see the leak impacting development of the game or their timeline as much of a bummer as it is for them. They, they remain on track. Um, and it seems like so far, at least the source code is safe or not publicly, uh, you know, spread. But who knows? But uh, yeah, man, uh, the lapsus dollar sign, which again, I'm old. I'm saying all these cool names wrong, is believed to be the group that is also responsible, I think, for the Uber hack and um, this GTA 6 hack and leak as well. Uh, pretty sure we pretty sure we called this one last week, Christian. Uh, I think, you know, we talked a lot about the uh, the hack and uh, I know I was saying, hey, kid, whoever you are, it's not going to last long with this kind of behavior, buddy. Sorry. So I mean, is, if only there was some sort of jingle for when Jeff correct, correctly uh, said something on uh, one yeah. of the previous episodes. Mm-hmm. Jeff was right. Yeah, there it is. Thanks, Christian. Thank you for singing that, Christian, in real time. Appreciate you. Um, That's what I yeah, do. I, I mean, just come in and just, I just uh, have them ready to go. You click a button, I get a shock. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> little prod in the ribs. Ah, Jeff was right. Dance yeah, monkey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I think this surprised no one, right? As you said, Christian, you know, uh, you know, you, you run that that star uh, up to five. They're coming for you, and he, this, this kid clearly did. Um, Will, do you have uh, any, any any take on this? I mean, uh, for me, the the thrust of this story r- still remains the kind of gross way it has been discussed among people that think they know a lot about how it works and websites that are kind of mining it for data, for, for stories. And it's just like, all of it just feels really yucky to me, but I'm curious what your thoughts are. So, I mean, <laughs> our, our mutual good friend, uh, Brian Brushwood, has, has a great phrase for people like this, which is, uh, that is one Icarus-looking MFA. <laughs> this yeah. kid just flew too close to the sun. It's like, Indeed. okay, you hacked Rockstar. Okay, you got the code. Okay, you got the kudos online for publishing it. Okay, you like, you know, you started a discourse, you got some attention. And then you started trying to get some money for it and you started trying to extort. Yeah. And then not only did you start doing it, you started posting about how you were doing it. Oh, I'm in discussions. Oh, I've asked for a right. This guy was chronicling his extortion efforts. Yeah. It's like, dude, you know, it's that amazing thing of like every crime movie you see where, you know, there's like someone's trying to ransom someone on the phone and like the FBI is in the room with the guy and they're like, just keep him talking for another 30 seconds. Keep him talking for another 30 seconds. We're going to pick him up. It's like the sort of like, you know, the sort of hacker community equivalent of like, just give me a, give us a few more emails. Yeah, we'll definitely give us your block. Give us your crypto addy, you know, give yeah. us the crypto wallet. Give us a, yeah, yeah, we're definitely going to pay it. Uh, you know, the FBI is just keeping him on the line. Yeah. Um, and then they get him. Yeah, man, you, in a way, it's kind of remarkable that he has been caught because so much cybercrime, you know, around the world goes completely uncaught, right? People lose hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars. You know, we all see people lose their NFTs and people get shit stolen off the, off the blockchain all the time. So it's kind of remarkable that he got caught. On the other hand, if you just go around shouting, I did a crime, I did a crime, yeah. then like sooner or later, someone's going to be like, do you think that guy did a, did a crime? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It's like uh, it reminds me of all those uh, January 6th people that were like kicking their feet <laughs> up on Nancy Pelosi's desk, like take a selfie of me. Are you, like, saying, that, are you saying that this this is Oxfordshire's 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 January the sixth? This little ignorance you know, looking at Mepha. Yeah, laugh it up, fuzzball. You know what I mean? It's, uh, <laughs> the clock's ticking, and I, I don't I don't mean to dance on this kid's misfortune or 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 lack of uh, intelligence or you know just kind of boneheaded move this is clearly gonna mess up his life uh in a, in a, in well, a big way it's, but, it's either gonna mess up his life or it's gonna get him an amazing job offer right that's the other right. flip side of it yeah he'll be working for mcafee or something you know in, in a few weeks <laughs> oh you're now we're back to january the 6th <laughs> oh gosh i, I, I feel like too though the other side of this and this might be what uh xlt1 is uh, uh, hinting to in, in chat right now but uh you know like the uber hack recently there was some other one that i saw too like jeff we've talked about it on this show uh numerous times but nothing safe you know nothing secure and and you know you see these big companies being exploited by you know class i don't know if this was the case for gta 6 but oftentimes it's like the most rinky dink style phishing scam or something you know and it's like these are people that work in tech that are trained to know and recognize these things and i had a I'll just anecdote the specifics out of this. Uh, someone who should definitely know this, who I heard this story firsthand, and it was like, yeah, nope. Uh, within our own test protocol, I got caught repeatedly being fished, you know, and like working in that data science thing. And you think you're doing everything right. And then the right thing happens. You get a phone call while your kid's screaming or something, you know, like there's always a way in. And I yeah. think to me, that remains the biggest story of like, this is going to keep happening. It's huge business to find, you know, these exploits, hospital records being held for ransom and stuff like that. And I don't know an answer, but I think for our listeners, just knowing the inevitability of it and try to do the best you can to keep, keep your stuff secure. And I got, I got an email it. from my boss at notfake.net, And I <laughs> no, it's, felt it's like just... I needed to respond to that. I don't want to not respond to my <laughs> boss. I mean, I think the good thing that, you know, at least we hear from Rockstar and, you know, it's easy to say it's it's not delayed when they haven't really put a release date on it. Yeah. But it's good to know that this hasn't set back development because, because man, I want me that GDA 6. And, yeah, uh, and it's, you know, yeah. I know everything is delayed and maybe it is delayed and maybe it isn't, but um, it's good to hopefully know, if you believe the corporate propaganda, that everything's fine. Yeah, Rockstar is the is the little dog in the fire meme right now. The the uh, the takeaway from that is this game is still so far away that it really yeah, it doesn't make a difference. Make a difference. They could have hacked us three times over. You're still not getting it for three years. <laughs> exactly. Um, the, and and again, I will con- continue to say the thing that remains the most galling and grating to me is the the people who are writing the endless uh messages and and news stories like what can we learn from the leak it's like you know i used the same analogy last week but it, it's like looking at the 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 pound of raw beef and going what can we learn about the the hamburger's deliciousness based on nothing you can learn nothing nothing stop stop it, there's no, there's nothing to be learned it's a this is a completely not not released thing this is the thing that could change a billion times before it gets released so and it's you know. also and it's also like with all due respect to you know everybody on a message board everywhere like rockstar kind of knows what they're doing yeah like you know they're not gonna 
I mean, with the greatest will in the world. Okay. Uh, no, I've just, I've just compl- no, I've just, I've just disproved my own point. So I was like, look at all the re-releases they did last oh. year. For like GTA <laughs> three, four, five. Oh no, those were absolute garbage. Okay, so they don't always know what they're doing. But on the on the stuff that really matters, they know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they'd put out a GTA six that was garbage but we'll see i guess we'll see you know tune in in 2026 or whatever maybe it can go in the garbage along with our 3090s exactly yeah yeah uh all right uh my story of the week uh boy there's a there's a lot of really good stuff there's a lot there's a lot i want to talk about this uh detachable disk drive rumor so the rumor is that there will be a new (laughs) ps5 announced uh insider gaming uh has some source uh, evidently that talks about how there's going to be a new PS5 that will have a detachable disk drive that allows you to plug into the USB-C port on the PS5 uh, and uh, be able to add uh, physical media to the non-physical media version of the PS5. There will be a a version specifically bundled with this new uh, disk drive. Um, We've seen this kind of thing before. It hasn't my Gen- Xbox 360 still. I still have my HD DVD uh, detachable. Really? That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Now, th- this new version of the PS5 supposedly will not ha- be, uh, you know, a- a- any more powerful. It won't be the pr- like a pro uh, equivalent. Um, it is literally just going to, according to this rumor, uh, include this detachable disk drive. Will, is this a thing? Is this u- a useful thing? Do you think this will be a positive development? Do you think people will- are wanting this? I mean, I'm not sure how much less enthusiastic I could get about this. <laughs> this is I like picked a bad story of the week. It's, it's a it's. I mean, what I'm what I'm slightly confused about is like it's there's going to be a new PS5 and it's going to come with a detachable disc drive, but we're also going to sell the detachable disc drive. Like, yeah. Well, then isn't that just the current PS5? <laughs> it's like, why don't, yeah. there's no new PS5. It's like, we're just going to sell a detachable disk drive. Right. But also, I mean, I mean, I guess if I, I would be curious to know, does anybody who is sitting around with their digital only PS5, is anybody sitting there going, oh man, I wish I had, I wish I had that disk drive. God, if only there was some way I could really clunkily connect it via USB and add it on the side. I mean, is there a, and this is actually um, ignorance and I don't know the answer to this, like, is there a better spec for Blu-ray that the current PS5 disk drive doesn't support that you could add on? Mm. Like, is there like an, you know, I I could see maybe if it was like an 8K Blu-ray player, much like the sort of HD DVD Xbox 360 uh, ill-fated add-on. Like if you got something more out of it, really struggling to be like, uh, you know, I've I've got the disc drive PS5. I don't think I've ever put a disc in it. Um, I don't feel the the disc one. I was like, I gotta have the disc one. Seriously, I haven't used it. (laughs) I think it was just the one that was available on eBay because everybody was buying the cheaper discless ones because nobody wants the discs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Christian, what do you think? Uh, is you know, is is this literally just the like PS5 for regrets? Like, oh, I regret not having, (laughs) regret not getting the disc drive. What what do you think? I, I think there's a, a, version of this story that this is a bridge to pure digital 
and computers kind of did this as well. When you would like build your computer, it no longer came bundled with a CD drive or a DVD drive. And I think I, I don't remember if Apple was maybe the first to do it uh, as like a big. Well, Apple was the know, first to remove the floppy, right? Famously. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. And I think they did with disc also in, in one of the iMacs. Or I, I forget, but I feel like that might be what this is, is that it is a version of, no, 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 we have it. We're still supporting discs. It's, it's a thing. You can do this. You can do this. But it also lets them potentially stop making two SKUs, you know, so they're not selling and developing two different versions of the PS5. They only make the one. And if you Whoa. want this drive, you, you can opt yeah. into it. It's a separate unit. They're not producing as many of those because, well, like you said, I don't think people are, you know, chomping at the bit to get them, but it's there. It doesn't seem anti-consumer. You're not providing that option to people. So this and is then, so this is like forget producing the disc PS5 and the yeah. discless PS5. We're just going to produce the discless one and bundle this little thing for a while, and then we can make double the amount of the ones that we make, and we can reduce cost. And okay, that makes sense. That, that and maybe not even bundle. Think you just cracked it, Christian. Have yeah, you, you the industry analyst Christian Spicer said. I use my disk drive to spin up and run all the data, so that's why I'm able to get it. This is, just a, this is a, a tacit announcement that they're discontinuing the disk version of the PS5? Possibly. Maybe, and are also... discontinuing it? Ah, nice. Well done. And then also maybe upcharging for that disk. Right? It seems weird, like, oh, it's a $100 difference between the two versus, like, this is the SKU. And if you want the disk drive, that's one fifty. You know, I don't know what the price point will be, but oh, they're one hundred percent doing that. <laughs> well, that's uh, I think that's a, that's a very viable theory, and uh, it could it could make a lot of sense. So, so Will, we, we're gonna hang on to our disk versions. They're now collectors items, <laughs> <laughs> along with Christian's HD DVD. Exactly. I actually kind of want that more, actually. <laughs> Man, remember that? Remember the Blu-ray HD DVD wars that didn't happen? Yeah. Um, all right. Well, well, let's just for a second because you wanted to talk about it. Let's talk about Ted Lasso in FIFA 23 because um, my understanding, I, you know, I, I'm not a, a FIFA person. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a dumb American who doesn't understand soccer very well. Um, but this is the kind of thing that would make me excited about it. I'm so curious. Is is that the case in the region of the world where FIFA is huge. Like, do people care about Ted Lasso in So, so like, everywhere in the world that is in America. So where where is football huge? I mean, uh, let's have a think. Literally everywhere. Um, All the places I I don't care about. Will, tell me about the rest of the world. (laughs) It's like when American companies divide. God, I've worked for so many, like, American companies where they divide their companies into U.S. and R-O-W. And you're like, man, that's that's a lot of W. W doing some real heavy lifting there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like the, the President's uh, Cup in golf. It's like America versus everyone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I love Ted Lasso. I think it's one of the best things on television. It was, you know, the perfect antidote to the pandemic, um, which, you know, as we all know, is over. Thanks, Joe Biden. Um, but the, um, I think it's fantastic to have um, something, you know, FIFA has been... And this has been like a complaint of, I, I play FIFA, I'm not particularly good, but a complaint has been in recent years, like, it, it's gotten way too complicated. Like, to now just get into FIFA and start a match 
you're like five screens deep between like the you know do you want to create your own player no do you want to face scan your face no i want to play the game do you want to create a special league with your friends no i just want to play the game do you want to buy this pack of like random players that you could get as playing cards no i just want to play a game well well how about you just like play like a practice match with these two sides that we no no, no i just want to play a game and they're just no, like you just want to play a game great well how about 10 more questions first <laughs> yeah gotcha, i mean gotcha. <laughs> FIFA FIFA 22, I mean, literally took me, I think the first time I played it, I was like, oh, do you want an EA Sports Online account? N- no, I'm not playing online. I just want to play like I played on my Sega yeah. Mega Drive when I was 12 years old. I want to play the computer at FIFA. And um, I think this is just like one little step. Maybe as a, you know, you're not going to be able to play. I don't think you're going to play AFC Richmond, which is the Ted Lasso team. Um, competitively, there are sort of, they fall into the um, the sort of uh, the sort of fictional teams. Like they have a major league uh, soccer all stars team. They have like a classic eleven. So you're not actually going to be able to play these guys competitively. But I think it's fun. I think it's a nice tie in. It's interesting. I mean, it also ties into a you know it's um, they the FIFA stats came out this week. So all the um, the stats of the players that FIFA sort of meticulously compiles came out this week and. The Ted Lasso players are um, a, a pretty OP, which is pretty funny. No, <laughs> like me- stri- the striker in Ted Lasso is like better than you know Ronaldo. Yeah. And you're like, How, is that a problem? Like Jamie Tart being OP is that? <laughs> Is that, so I mean, it's is not that, a problem, except the- so the only time it becomes a problem is there was a great story because um, I think the same thing happened on NBA Twitter like last week. I don't know how closely you guys follow the NBA. But um, 2K23 put out its rankings for, like, all the players and all, like, the stats that all the players were going to have last week. And NBA Twitter was just all the players just complaining, like, 92? I only got a 92? F this, man. And yeah, they yeah, were yeah. just, like, there was this level of, like, player out, like, like actual NBA player outrage at how they were being represented in the game. And I think it's just this really interesting case of, like, art imitating life, imitating art, imitating life. Yeah. Of like you know, we made a TV show about the game, and now we're making a video game about the TV show about the game, and now the people that play the game are getting aggravated about the game that's being made about the TV show that's being made about the game, <laughs> and it's it's you know it's 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 a nice bit of news fluff. All right, cool. I mean, I I think it's fun. I, I like. Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm a, I'm much more of a Ted Lasso fan than I am a FIFA fan, so of course I'll I'll be into it, but. I'm, it's interesting to get the perspective of, of folks. But it made, that I it made me think of like who would you? Um, I mean, I know your 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 beloved uh, your beloved Warriors are already drastically OP in uh, in yeah. every game that you can play. Yeah. But like, what fictional team would you have in 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 Madden or like or, oh, or dude, 2K? I, I have an answer for that, and it's your uh, oh, um, it's the Friday Night Lights team. Ah! Friday Night Lights. I want, I want, I want uh, Coach Taylor roaming the sidelines, you know, in his hat and sunglasses. Oh, I'd be all over that. That'd be amazing. Someone's going to do that, right? Someone's going to buy that up. Texas forever. Uh, Christian, do you have any uh, interest in this at all? Did you, you were a, a Ted Lasso fan, weren't you? Uh, I like Ted Lasso. Part of the reason we're recording early today uh, is you have a 49ers game and I'm going to the last Angel City home game of the season. I love, I love, uh, uh nwsl which i think is maybe going to come to ea next year maybe after they lose the fifa license they'll finally start to expand to more women's teams um this stuff rarely 
would get me to make a purchase I wouldn't otherwise make. It does get me excited when it's added to things that I already love. You know, so the example for me would be like when Porsche livery is added to a racing game that I was already going to buy. Then it gets me more excited about that. Like, oh, I can replicate my Porsche that I have on my driveway now (laughs) in my game. Yeah, I mean, yes. (laughs) Well, no, it feels like it's the equivalent of uh, Hot Wheels tracks in Forza, right? It's like it's ridiculous. It's goofy. It's not based in reality, but it's fun. It's awesome. Yeah, I think it's a yeah. great trend. Hot Wheels Enforcer is, is, is a great um, a great example. I'm all yeah. for this. I just, more, more of this would be lovely. Yeah, more whimsy in your staid sports titles. You know what I mean? That's what I... That's what ideally, I mean. less menus. More whimsy, <laughs> less menus. Yeah, yeah. Are you sure, though? Are you sure you want to play a game? Oh, I <laughs> bet you want to play a game that involves uh, tracking your fantasy team over many, many years, right? That's the game you want to play? No, not really. No. Uh, all right. All right, well, let's get into um, the games, speaking of which, that we have been playing in a segment we call The Playlist. As you referenced earlier in the show, Will, you have been playing a lot of that Steam Deck. I have been. So... This is one of the recommendations from DLC that has worked out for me. So I think the last time I came on the show, I was like, man, you guys recommended this game and I didn't love it. And I tried this and I didn't love it. And then I bought a 360 and I kind of love Forza, but then I <laughs> fell off after a while. I'm like, oh, this is just costing me money and all these games that I, that I try because I want to be, I want to try it. You make it sound so exciting. And then the last few weeks, I just got really worn down with all the Steam decking. You guys, you're flying to things, you're traveling around, you're playing your Steam decks, you got your cult of lambs, you got your surviving vampires. Mm. Christian did an entire thing about a, a drone you roll around on, and I'm like, I can't take it anymore. And of course, you can't actually buy a Steam deck, so I, I, I shamefully paid the eBay tax mm. to, to get a Steam deck, and hot damn... <laughs> If I don't love it, and if I wouldn't have three of them rather than one thirty ninety forty right? ninety, it's so good. It's so much better than I <sighs> ever anticipated it being. Yeah. It's it's. I didn't think it would be as seamless as it is, and the fact that it is so seamless is is a little bit of a technological miracle. Yeah. Um, but to get to what I've actually been playing, man, um, I had a. Um, I had a back and forth with uh, with our friend Scott Johnson on Twitter, talking about um, he you know he produced a list of like here are all the things that play really well on Steam Deck in all these different categories, and I was like cool. Between that and my DLC Rex, I'm just going to get started. So for I would say for about the first three weeks, you might as well have just called it a Vampire Survivors Deck. <laughs> Same with me, man. And all <laughs> I did was play Vampire Survivors, and it feels criminal like i feel sort of a little bit dirty that i got like 50 hours of play out of like this three dollar little like six hundred dollar handheld machine to play the three dollar game right that's like barely but probably nez you could probably play on a nez right (laughs) um vampire survivors (laughs) is amazing i would encourage everybody if you haven't played it just give it don't give it I mean, give it 10 minutes and you'll get the gist. 
But it's one of these games that just unfurls the longer and longer you play it. And you suddenly realize, oh, my word, there is a whole like progression to this. There are combos. There are leveling up. You suddenly get the point of what you're doing with the coins. And then you start putting together builds. And then you're like, oh, my word, what am I going to do as I go each each go around how am i going to level up this time there is just so much depth in what seems like basically like a skin for robotron when you first start playing <laughs> yeah. it yeah and uh, spend time on maybe selling some more steam decks um yes it's a simple game and yes it's great on anything but the deck in my opinion is the way to play it's like tetris effect play tetris effect if you only have a switch get tetris effect it is a beautiful yeah. it's one of the best games ever made and it, it's transcendent and the same thing with vampire survivor it's an incredible game play it however you can play it but on steam deck the way you can just pick it up put it into sleep mode come back to it you're in the middle of a long run something uh you know if something comes up put in sleep mode you come back to it bounce you can play it on the couch while you're also watching you know football on tv or doing anything else it is so conducive to that device that yes it's this simple three dollar game but my gosh the two go together like peanut butter and jelly where it's just a perfect perfect combination of system and game and how i interact with them. yeah you're, it, became, comparing- it became my absolute favorite um i want to listen to a podcast and chill out game yeah because like yeah. i don't really need the sound effects really for vampire survivor a little bit the music's not really so like listen to a podcast lie on the sofa pick up i mean that enormous <laughs> funnily enough i actually find you know we talked about the steam deck the fact that it's enormous like i find it way more comfy to hold than the switch the switch i, I agree I, the switch i never play in handheld mode so i just find my hands are kind of like grasping it like that weird dude from scary movie like you know the dude the scary movie's got like the weird little hand that's how i feel with my switch all the time whereas the the, the steam deck i'm like yeah I'm going to grasp this thing. I, got I agree. I agree. hundred percent. My only caveat is that laying in bed with the steam deck. I sometimes lose feeling in my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> I sometimes literally like the blood drains from my fingers. Cause it's so big and heavy, but, uh, but I totally agree that it, it feels better in my hands. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, as you say, Christian, it's, it's the perfect marriage of, of game and format. Um, the fact you can dip in and out is brilliant. Um, so Vampire Survivors, I have loved. I um, got really into Roller Drone, which I know you guys have talked about previously. Oh, good. That was just another game that initially I found like, oh, my, you know, the tutorials to get into Roller Drone are quite intense. You're kind of like, right, you're going to learn this move, then you're going to learn this move, then you're going to learn this move, then you're going to learn this move. And I'm like, do I get to, do I get to play at any point? Or it's like, and they, <laughs> yeah, and they frame yeah. it as like, a, you have to sort of qualify for the tournament. Yeah. But I'm like, I really feel like I'm qualifying just for the right to play this game. that <laughs> <laughs> right. I paid money for it. If I don't pass FIFA? this, I'm just not going to be allowed to compete. Like, I'm not going to yeah. be allowed to play. Um, but that's a game, again, where... Um, you know, the relatively low graphics power doesn't make a huge difference. It's very stylized, enormous fun. Um, I very eagerly tried Cult of Lamb, which mm-hmm. you guys have been raving about. Again, another sis- game that's kind of perfect for the system. Yeah. I hated it. Oh, what? Is it tonally or mechanically? Like the whole thing. Oh my. I just couldn't stand. So you're saying you're not into demonic cults. I'm like, ah, this, this, this feels like 
Animal Crossing, but with none of the charm and all of the upkeep. <laughs> and I'm like, I didn't like. I liked Animal Crossing. I liked the little dude strumming his guitar, and you kind of like, you know, go and go and get my bells, and it's kind of cute. But I hated the oh my god, how much do I have to do every day just to keep this thing going? Yeah. And it's like at the point at which I'm like picking up the poop of my followers, I'm like, I don't need this for my video game. I don't, Fair enough. I don't. It's like yeah, like, but you know. It sort of became to me like the equivalent of like a virtual dog walker. And like, I'm sure there is somewhere like a game that is, but yeah, it was it, power wash simulator, but with none of the thrill. <laughs> a scathing, a scathing uh, assessment. But I would say uh, as a counterpoint, you have the animal crossing, uh, adorable uh, dog playing a guitar, uh, but then you can ritually sacrifice that dog for, for gain, for personal gain. You know, I think that's a plus in my book. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. So now I, I just couldn't, I couldn't get on board with it. And I just, I feel like the odd guy. I mean, I feel like I'm the only person not in the cult because all the Fair reviews enough. are brilliant. But for anybody listening that, that played it and couldn't get on board with it, like solidarity, um, <laughs> the, other people don't like cult of lamb. Yeah. Um, it's not just you. Um, <laughs> And then I will say uh, another perfect Steam Deck game because it's so quick. It's so like in, out, bang. Trackmania Turbo. It's an old game now. I think Trackmania is like 2017. Yeah. Um, But, you know, every track is 30 seconds. You're, You're running through them. Super fast, super fun, super bright graphics. And then, uh, yeah, a lot of, uh, NBA 2K22, which is another. Switch Deck or Steam Deck? You're playing it on Switch. Which Steam is Deck? another great Steam Deck game. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can just pick it up. You can run a quick practice. You can run a quick match. You can get in and out. Um, so that yeah, it's been a real Steam Deck Steam Deck household for in the <laughs> Harris household for the past uh, few weeks. I believe really it. loving it. And then um, only because I happened to see it. I think for sale on the Switch store rather than on the Steam Deck. I picked up ne- and I wanted to play it on the big screen. Um, I picked up Neon White on the Switch. Uh, I mean, absolute game of year contender for me because I have never seen anything. It's like the the inventiveness with which Neon White molds together multiple different genres. It's a great um, and it's a game that. I haven't seen in ages, which is a game that's great to watch someone else play. Mm. Yeah. It's the sort of game that you can, <clears throat> you can sit in front of the, sit on the sofa and your significant other can be sat there and be like, ah, oh, no, you just missed that. No, no, no. Go up there and get that and do this bit. And yeah, it's a, uh, so it's like a, it's like a great, what's, what's, what's couch co-op, but without the co-op. Yeah. spectator game yeah no but I, I i love playing games like that i mean i think that's how i played portal and and there's a whole bunch of games that fit that that template of man it's really great to have a sidekick uh helping you out and just observing and and commenting and pointing out things yeah yeah and you know what christian it's gonna be so hard to do our top five of the year this year i i can't think of another year feels this just high quality across the board i mean we'll just i mean i named, can 
pretty what? much every other year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you do a top- I wow. feel like every year you're like, God, I Maybe. never thought of another year that was just so, oh, man, and then the next what? year is like, oh, man, is there another? And I'm just wondering, like, Maybe. are the years getting Hard. better or are you just getting older? That both. Like, Maybe both. Does it have to be one or the other? The, the, yeah. You know, Will just named like five games right there. And if that had been a, yes. a top five, I would buy it. I'd be like, yeah, that, that makes total- – yeah. and that doesn't include – Numerous AAA games that have been stellar. You know, it, it, we're just like this abundance of riches this year. I feel. Oh, like. and I and you 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 completely um, talking about abundance of riches. Um, you just reminded me. So the beginning of this year, um, I finally got around to completing Horizon Zero Dawn, and I think the last oh, the time I came one. on the show, I was like, "Man, Horizon Zero Dawn, this is epic!" Like I know I'm like three years late to this party. But holy smokes, what an incredible game. And then Horizon Forbidden West comes out. Jeff, I know you're like lyrical the week it comes it. out. Yeah. You've played, been playing it already for weeks. And I'm listening to the podcast. And I'm like, God damn, that, that guy's got the game and I don't have it yet. So I buy it the day of release. Oh, I hate it. Ah, oh, you're in the Christian I, camp. I'm in the I Christian camp. I'm I like, don't this, hate it. It's just I don't not, hate it. That's, a, that's a strong word. I'm like, this is giving me nothing more than i've just had for the previous 40 hours i've got just a bunch of annoying sidekicks the story isn't as compelling like i already know the secret mm, i don't need like another right. secret and yeah so so i will say i put i've, I've the last few weeks i've put a fair chunk of time into forbidden west and just just bounce right off and i mean what a year where you could bounce off a game like forbidden west and be like ah, no worries i, I got loads of other stuff to play yeah, well, that's true, but go ahead. My my favorite part about you, uh, when you're on the show, and in general, I feel like even your your social feed can hit this sometimes. When I was on social, so maybe not anymore. But uh, I like the way your buildup is always the same, and there's a rhythm, and we're like, here we go, here we go, here we go. And then you're about to reveal your opinion on it, and it's a coin toss. Like, I can't. <laughs> you're like, oh, man. Uh, let me tell you about – oh, and this other game. And, and I'm like, yeah, 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 he's going to love it. It's my favorite game. He's going to – I. it's awful. And I'm like, oh, no, he didn't like it. And then the next game builds up, builds up, builds up, and you're like, I loved it. And I'm like, he's in, baby. I love it. You Good know? storytelling. Good storytelling. Yeah, it's a uh, well, Obviously, I disagree about Forbidden West, but you know, it's it's a it's fair, I suppose. Um, I found a lot to love in that game, but um, glad you're you know you're loving your Steam Deck. I basically now I prefer Steam so much more now as just a platform, simply because I have the option to throw it onto the Steam Deck as well, and I almost always do. And I'll get to the games that I've been playing. Uh, all, almost all of the, uh, both of the ones I'm going to bring up. Been playing on Steam Deck as well. Uh, but Christian, what's on your playlist? Yeah, so I uh, dug into uh, uh, Shovel Knight. Uh, Dig. That's it. Thank you. I did it. I uh, knocked it out of the park with that. Um, Shovel Knight Dig is available on, uh, where is it? Switch, PC, and Apple Arcade. Is that it for right now? That might be it for right now. And it is the next Shovel Knight game. Uh, Shovel Knight, of course, the original game of an action platformer. And then they did a genre different game. What was it called? Shovel Knight something or other, the puzzly game. And now Shovel Knight Dig is there. Uh, and they made it. It's co-developed with, um, oh my gosh, it's Yacht Club plus somebody else that did another game that's similar. And the name's escaping me right now. Um but it is oh, a like treasure rogue. trove. Is that the one you were talking about? 
treasure no that's the full collection of the original all the dlcs he did another one that was a puzzle game set in the shovel knight um shovel knight uh universe universe thank you um i can look it up i'll i'll, I'll pull it here in a second king of cards um, shovel knight uh, pocket dungeon pocket dungeon pocket dungeon yeah, okay and then and this is yacht club and i think bitcom is there as maybe the co-developer um Anyway, Shovel Knight Dig is a action platformer uh, similar to the first game, except instead of going left to right, you are going down uh, and you're kind of dig dugging your way through these levels. But it is also a rogue like in the sense that the levels or the, the moments while crafted and created are then, you know, um, programmatically created to be different every time on on your run and and when you die you get to you know you, you your gems are auto deposited in the bank and then you can restock your supplies and then dig again and then and then go down but it has that the trappings of a of a rogue type game in it as you progress and it is hard um you know much like shovel knight itself had some difficult moments this game has some difficult moments and some moments that um start uh, a clock on you so to speak so i think jeff that might be the mo- the aspect of this game that you otherwise wouldn't like without mm. this i would say this would be really up your alley but there are mm. enemies that kind of just don't stop coming that kind of are meant to keep forcing you faster than maybe you'd want to go so is, then it a, if- is it as an actual numerical clock that comes up on the screen or is it just the, the that pressure it is just that pressure. There is no mm. numerical clock, but there are enemies. And then there is a, it's like a giant grinding tool that uh, is for all intents and purposes, an instant kill. If you try to explore an area for too long and, and not kind of keep pushing the pace forward, which I think is a little bit of a bummer because otherwise there are secrets, you know, and it's like encourage you to try to find them. And I get that that is the anxiety that the game is trying to create of, oh, on this run, am I going to push to get the, the the last cog? So when I get to the last little area of this thing, I can unlock this treasure chest that then I can refill my health. But if I spend too much time here trying to get over to that secret area, is this enemy going to come? Is this so it's all of these push your luck mechanics that I mm-hmm. think objectively I understand, but in reality of playing and maybe it's my initial hesitation to the rogue type genre where very few of those games have really clicked for me that added pressure i find frustrating but the soundtrack is absolutely incredible it is a banger the art design it's like a high res version of the shovel knight art whereas the original shovel art was very living that 18 bit 16 bit style world and this is um much more high res style. Is it, is um, it like uh, still pixel art, but like Rogue Legacy to Rogue Legacy Two? Not quite. I mean, the, yeah. the, the style isn't as different, but it's sharper and crisper. It is still pixel art, whereas yeah. Rogue Legacy Two moved away and kind of went into that hand drawn two D. Right. Um, and so, I, I I think for people who like rogue type or rogue light games, it is super easy to recommend. If those games still don't speak to you, I don't think this will put you over the edge, even though the boss fights, the ones I've gotten to are classic Shovel Knight style boss fights that feel very fun and rewarding, compelling to figure out the secret or not the secret, but like kind of the pattern recognition of how you're going to take down this boss and what you're going to do, which is very satisfying. But I think I am just 
you know, further reinforces my gameplay preference. And maybe it's just because I'm an old and I grew up on Mega Man or Mario and these types of games of, I think I prefer to know my levels <laughs> and kind of work that style of repetition through them. And here, like the first area you find is like mushroom themed. And so you're not going to get a tile from, uh, I forget what the, I, I made it into the fourth one. What is it? It doesn't matter. I'll, I'll just say, um, it doesn't matter. You're not going to get a tile from that fourth level in yeah, your, right, you know, right. your first level thing. They're all, they all fit together and, and they're seamless, Sure, but it's just that little bit of a, Oh, this isn't oh crap. This is new, which I think could be exciting for some people, but for me, it just puts me off a little bit. And the mm-hmm. last thing I'll say about it, and I think this goes to Will's point a little bit about how much he's loving his steam deck is I am playing this on uh, Apple Arcade because it's a subscription that I already have in my Apple One. You got that little uh, backbone going, Christian? Well, I do have a backbone going, but I upgraded my phone to a 14 Pro and it doesn't fit as well yeah. in my backbone currently. Um, the adapter kind of works, but I think it's kind of touching. The, anyway, uh, so I've been playing primarily on my iPad with a controller attached to it. Yeah. Again, maybe because I'm an old. I prefer dedicated gaming devices. I, I, know, I know I can turn on a focus mode and not have text come up or this, that, or the other, but I think there's this weird disconnect that I have that when I'm playing on my iPad and something else comes up being like, yo, uh, I, how do I pause this? How do I yeah. feels where like a steam deck, I hit that sleep wake or on the switch, hit that sleep wake on my analog pocket. Now I have a sleep wake uh, on console on Xbox, you know, it has that most games have that quick resume feature. And I find not having that on mobile is a real deterrent for me to want to spend a lot of time engaged in that game. Whereas for me, every time I've walked away from it, I've come back and I've had that full Apple arcade load again, my gems carry over, there is save progress, but I'm not mm-hmm. right where I was, you know, when I paused it and walked away. And if this wasn't a rogue type game, I would have done what you, I think, are going to say you do, Jeff, and purchased it to have it on Steam because I'd much rather engage with that game that way. Despite it's interesting because it that, that, like that feels like a limitation of the Apple Arcade. That, that sort of lack of save resume or like instant offense on feels like a limitation of Apple Arcade, like the software platform, not the hardware that it's on. Because like yeah. obviously phones and iPads, like, save resume like, all, all the time yeah. right and a, pr- probably you know that 14 pro is is probably like at least as powerful as the steam deck right um <laughs> or, or at least getting there so it's um it's a yeah it's a weird limitation of, of of the way apple has designed that platform and it was on consoles as well right until this generation like or maybe they, yeah. they implemented it in a software thing for the xbox one uh line of consoles as well but now that i live in that world of having quick resume it is really hard really hard for me to go back and, and yeah, play games you, that don't have you, it you can't go you can't go without it but it's um uh, christian I, I i had no idea that you had an analog pocket that oh. I've never, you've never heard you never. Uh, discuss <laughs> that at all. That's either, uh, either you, even in a discussion that has him. nothing to do with analog pocket. You managed to just slide <laughs> that right in there. You know, if I'm good for one thing, Will, it's for telling <laughs> Jeff that I'm playing UN Squadron on my uh, analog pocket. Yeah, he uh, he texted me the image of UN Squad- Squadron loaded on. Um, <laughs> oh, by the way, Will, I meant to say this when you're talking about your Steam Deck. If you have not been uh, brought to the light, allow me to do what Anthony Carboni did for me 
which is uh, point you toward mudeck.com. Hmm. Basically a one-stop shop uh, packet installer for literally every emulation platform known to man. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, I'm supposed to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> Literally. Wait, Anthony Anthony gets credit for this? I talked about it. On Did you tell me about Emu Deck? Yeah. Betrid Prime on my Steam Deck. We've, there's episodes. Is go, that, is that how you great. got it on, though? Is that Emu Deck? Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, I just want to thank Anthony Carboni for telling him about it. <laughs> <laughs> Lord knows that guy needs some uh, some good wishes this week. Yeah, he, yeah. yeah indeed. Um but yeah, so shovel my dick sounds like you're a little you're a little uh, disappointed by it, Christian. If I would generalize, I your really opinion. like it. I do not love it. It is, yeah. and again, I think it's just my inclination. There's pretty much only been two rogue like light type, however you want to define the genre games that have uh, overcome my natural hesitation, and that's Hades, which I've never heard of, um, and uh, oh gosh, other one that I also talk the about other all one. the time. Of course, the other. No, one. I'm going to get it. Wait, I got it. Uh, find it here. Dead cells. Dead cells. Those are right. the only two that have like overcome my natural hesitation yeah. for that genre. And unfortunately, Shovel Knight Dig, despite everything else it has going for it, um, doesn't. And the get first over Shovel Knight did not have any procedural generated levels. It was all the first Shovel Knight is yeah. yeah it is a guacamole Celeste. Right. You know, it right. is all your jam sculpted. Yeah. Yep. Well, that is uh, Shovel Knight Dig available now. Um, I have been playing a, uh, a couple of games. Uh, one I have been very highly anticipating finally came out. Return to Monkey Island. The uh, Ron Gilbert back in the saddle making a, the classic franchise, a new installment of the ca- classic franchise, which follows Guybrush Threepwood and his pirate adventures in a point-and-click adventure game. Point-and-click adventure game is not exactly... Tearing it up genre-wise uh, on the charts these days. But this game proves to me that they can still work when you have uh, clever art design, clever writing, great puzzles. Uh, these are the games that I grew up on. You know, the King's Quest, Space Quest, all of the old Sierra games, all the old LucasArts games, Day of the Tentacle, all that stuff. I loved those games growing up, uh, but they were certainly of a time. Uh, you know, they were... They were the best that we could we could hope for <laughs> those in those days, but um, you know, much much slower paced uh, compared to modern video games at any t- stripe, really. Um, and uh, I, I actually came to this not sure if I was going to love it. I love it. I love it. Return to Monkey Island. I have dumped so much time into, and just had so much fun sitting there staring, thinking not knowing exactly what to do next, just being in that place of like going back to the other screen, seeing if there's anything I did. Oh, oh yes, of course, if I do, if I combine those two items, yes. It's, it's, it is bringing me back to all of those wonderful joys. I don't think the game is particularly difficult. I'm playing it on the hard setting. It has two settings. A, a how, hard... how, how does the game go between easy and difficult? I do not know. It claims in the opening menu that the hard setting will have more challenging puzzles in it. So I don't know how they remove puzzles, but maybe they just allow you to progress without having to solve certain things. Um, But so I picked the hard, uh, you know, not sure if I was going to love the hard thing, but it's not that hard. It's literally just old school, classic point and click adventure type puzzles, which is. Hey, you need to do something. You know you need to do that thing. Okay, in order to do that thing, you need to do this thing. 
Okay, well, but in order to do that thing, adventure games like famous for being like spectacularly obtuse. So yeah. some would say, like, if you're not into that way of thinking, that's really hard. Well, it's <laughs> obtuse in a in, of a particular kind, right? It's it's it is it's lateral thinking. It's like, okay, well, I need this. But you you don't go about getting that in the traditional way you would think. You know, like, for example, a big part of the opening part of uh, Return of Monkey Island is you need to get a mop. Well, you, well, first of all, you need to get on a ship. And in order to get on the ship, they're only hiring a certain type of shipmate, a, a swabby. So you need a mop to convince them you could be a swabby. Well, how are you going to get a mop? Well, you go on, like, a mop quest where you have to, like, get the wood and and get the, you know, forge it from the <laughs> finest of trees. And it's, it's all this goofy lateral thinking. And it's like, okay, well, how do you, how do you get that wood? Well, there's like 12 steps to get to any one step. It's, it's always Jeff, like, you- well, in order to do that, I have to do this. In order to do that, I have to do these three things. In order to do those three things, I have to do this. So you're always, you know, it's, it's always hyper complicated, but in a fun, delightful way. Although you just made me really realize that I don't know what the, other end of a mop is made <laughs> well in this game it's like i mean not to spoil anything but it's it's, <laughs> it's not exactly what you would make a mop out of i'll put it that way <laughs> uh but it's but it's, the game does such wonderful things with pace and timing uh you'll tr- you'll do something and it'll trigger like meanwhile and it'll show you like a little scene of people doing other things uh or it'll um You'll you'll leave a place, do some stuff, and go back to a place, and there'll be a new person standing there. Not because of something you did, just sort of the game has paced it so that, okay, the world is changing around you as you're doing other stuff. And I love that. It makes it, makes it feel much more dynamic. It makes you so much of the process of playing a, a game like this is revisiting the same three screens 400 times and batting your head against the wall and going, oh, I don't know what I'm missing. And it's awesome to think, oh, well, maybe there's something new here. And oftentimes there is something new there when you revisit it. And that's, I think it breaks up the monotony that can be a problematic with games of this sort. Um, so there's a lot of really smart things. I think the art style is delightful. I was going to ask, what's the verdict? I love it. I love it. I, it feels very Ren and Stimpy to me. Like they do a lot of stuff that Ren and Stimpy used to do where, you know, you're in this animated scene and then somebody will hold something up and it'll cut to like a super hyper close above that thing. And it's kind of grungy and (laughs) painful. They do that a lot in this game. Um, And so it's and I I really I really love it. It, It's it's so beautiful. And it also sort of uh, structurally is built kind of like um, the Princess Bride. You know, you're you're basically you, the game starts with an older Guybrush Threepwood who's talking to his son and telling him the story. And oftentimes the son will stop and be like, that's not really what happened or, you know, very much the way the Princess Bride movie works. Um, and, it, it, you know, it's just it's just delightful. It's a completely delightful experience. And I'm really enjoying it. I don't think it's too hard, but it's hard enough where I'll scratch my head for a few minutes and then think I'm a genius for figuring it out. I have yet to use. There's like a in-game hint book that you get. You can click and get a hint. Haven't used that. I haven't had to look on the internet for anything. Um, but there's been a few moments where I'm like, ah, I don't know. And it'll keep me thinking for like five solid minutes. You know, it's just kind of what you want. You don't want it to be game impeding. 
but you do want to be challenged and think oh, how, you know, what's a weird way I can think about this problem. Um, are you, um, are you touch screening at all? Is it, does it lean into that style of, uh, control or is it just kind of strictly, uh, you know, controllers? Well, I, it, I think the interface is really elegant for Return to Monkey Island um, because a lot of the old school versions of, of the point and click adventure game is literally like scrolling click, your mouse click. and trying to find the one <laughs> pixel that is a thing, you know, hidden in a, you know, 256 yeah. glorious colors. Um, and this game does not do that, right? It, it very clearly designates what on screen is uh, clickable. And it has this really, I think, very elegant left mouse button, right mouse button thing where, you know, one will tell you something and one will use something. And I I find it all very, very, very slick. And it just streamlines the whole process. It it kind of removes the tedium that used to be associated with these games. I I think what Christian is getting at is, is is this a good Steam Deck game? (laughs) Well, I actually prefer it not on Steam Deck. And the reason is... With the Steam Deck interface, it kind of highlights all the nodes on the screen that are active and lets you just sort of toggle or or tab your way through them, basically. And I don't like that as much as literally using my mouse to go and click on something. It just doesn't feel... It's a little intrusive to see, like, all the little nodes uh, sort of grayed out and highlighted on the screen at all times. And... And I, you know, you can use the little tr- the thumb track pad on the Steam Deck, or literally your, you know, your analog stick to just kind of toggle through them. And I just don't prefer that. I, I, I maybe it's because I used to play these old games with a mouse on, you know, my old XT. Um, but I like, you know, taking the mouse and finding the thing and clicking on the thing and opening my inventory and dragging an item over to the thing I want to use it on and all that stuff. So that's why I was wondering if like, I think this is just PC and switch right now, I believe. Yeah. So I was wondering since I guess you can play switch on the screen, but I was wondering if it did implement on those devices, a touchscreen way to replicate that mouse click. So you could still kind of interact with it in a way that, um, gets close to that but um it sounds like maybe not Not how i would prefer to play it personally uh it is very it looks great on the steam deck it it plays great on steam deck um all the text is easily readable um oh yeah but i've i loaded it on my steam deck and i was like oh i'm gonna hunker down and play this here i'm like no i really want to be using a mouse to play this i really do so I, I really want to still feel the blood in my hands while yes. i'm doing this yes. <laughs> i don't want to <laughs> this feeling while i'm playing this um so the other game that is on my uh on my playlist is a game called beacon pines um this is an indie game that just came out i got a code for it um this is a really really charming game uh it imagine if an old school choose your own adventure novel and Mad Libs had a baby. And that baby was adorable and beautiful and painterly and colorful and, and storybooky. Uh, Beacon Pines is a, you know, I guess you could call it a visual novel, although that tends to be a pejorative descriptor for, uh, for video games these days. I don't find it to be, but it, it is primarily about telling you a story. And it is primarily about you making choices 
throughout that story as to how it is going to unfold. And the way you do that is you walk around these beautifully illustrated, just gorgeous fantasy. It's anthropomorphized animals and this very uh, painterly, just gorgeous storybook. It, it, the, it's, it, it is delivered through the metaphor of a storybook. You have a narrator who's talking to you and, and it, uh, these pages of a book that are just come to life and are beautifully illustrated. And as you're walking through these environments, you can find what the game calls charms, but they're basically just verbs that you unlock by doing things. Verbs like chill out, like ch chill or hide or um, uh, tickle, like these, these verbs. And then at certain points during the tell telling of the story, they will become branching story points where you can decide to fill in one of those charms that you've discovered, Mad Lib style. So it'll be like, you know, your character decided to blank, you know, all day long or whatever. And you, okay. I, mean, I guess that was bound to happen. <laughs> but anyway, you could say like hide or chill out or whatever, right? And that'll branch Listen the story. to their favorite podcast, DLC, and the Wednesday special episodes paid DLC. Right. Become all day a patron long. all day long. Yeah. All day long. Uh, um, anyway, so it'll, it'll you know, there are these little blanks that, like a Mad Lib, and you can insert any of the charms that you have collected, and then it'll branch the story off and go that direction. And at any point, you can rewind and go back to those nodes and fill in oh, that's cool. a different verb and play it out differently. Oh. And, and much like much like those old school choose your own adventure game novels. I don't know, Will, if you read those like I did as a kid, but invariably the process of reading a choose your own adventure novel is <laughs> like you make a decision, but keep your finger in the page where you oh, made right. a decision in case yeah. you need to turn back yeah. because invariably you die a thousand times, right? You, you, you make a choose that you read a, a paragraph and you're dead. Ah, go back and not do that. That's how beacon pines plays out is oftentimes you have a very grisly death or some horrible thing will happen to you. And you and, and it plays and it you know describes that eloquently. And then you can go back and go, oh, and then the 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 narrator of the thing will like, yeah, that's you that really we shouldn't do that. And so you go back to the <laughs> just literal tree that's illustrated in your book and choose a different branch and fill in a different charm verb and do it differently. And the the coolest thing about it, honestly, is that you can discover charms later in the game and then retroactively use them at an earlier point where you didn't even have access to that word. So you can go through the game and have made all these choices and then find a new charm later and go, what would it be like if I'd used that very early on? And it lets you, and it has whole, you know, a whole brand. Wow. So cool. It's really cool. Um, it's so also again, uh, it's Game Pass as well for folks looking at it. it yeah, I, 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 uh, I've been playing on Steam, but it is um, beautiful. If you see the images of it, it is absolutely gorgeous. I love the art style. Very, um, very storybook. Um, just, just lusciously illustrated. 
And um, there's not much interaction other than walking around, finding those things and having conversations and having, you know, investigating the story. And the story is pretty dark, actually. I mean, it starts literally begins with you're at the grave of your mom, of your dad, I think one of your parents, uh, your dad, I think it is. And uh, and the other of your parents is missing. So you're like you have one dead parent and a missing parent. (laughs) Like here we go, we're off and running. Hey, great stuff, uh, video game. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I uh, I I think very highly of this game. I think it's a very very interesting, um, idea. And how have you have you finished it? Do you have an no, idea of how long it is? I have not. I have not. Um. I literally got it yesterday, so I've I've played uh, a fair amount of it, but I I have not had a chance to finish it. Um. But I, I hope I, I plan to. And, and again, it's, it's one of those g- games that encourages you just sort of exploring all the things you didn't do or different avenues you could have taken. And that's kind of the, the point. So it's Beacon Pines, B-E-A-C-O-N, Beacon Pines. And uh, those are the games that I have been playing. All right. That's actually going to do it for this episode of DLC. We do have parting gifts coming up, so stick around for those. But Will Harris, thank you for hanging out with us. Uh, I appreciate it. It's always so much fun talking to you. we got to do this more often. <laughs> always, always. Well, you guys need to have, like, uh, sp- sports games that you need to go to more often so that you can record <laughs> at, a, uh, at a British-friendly time. Indeed, indeed. Go and have better social lives and then call me. I mean, that's a challenge for me, but I will attempt <laughs> Uh, tell folks where they can keep up with you and the awesome stuff that you're doing online. So folks can follow me uh, on Twitter at Will Harris with one L and two R's. Uh, I picked up that little verbal tick from somebody. (laughs) Um, And uh, they can also check out um, what we're publishing at unbound.com. And Jeff, you mentioned um, the, 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 the fighting fantasy, the Ian Livingston novels. We are actually um, publishing a book next month by Ian Livingston. Oh, awesome. The, the creator of the fighting fantasy novels, which is all oh, about um, those those novels and the origins of Games Workshop, if you guys ever used to play sure. the, the Warhammers. Yeah. So, um, yeah, if you head to Unbound.com and search for Dice Men, you can, uh, you, can, you can pre-order that book ready for Christmas. And if you DM me on Twitter, at Will Harris, 1L2Rs, um, I will give you a little special DLC promo code to get some money off. Amazing. Um, very, very so, cool. Um, always a pleasure to be here and talk games with you guys. And uh, Christian and I shall try and um, and switch up my delivery for the next <laughs> time. <laughs> well, do also, not. do not. I, I love, love it. it. I like to think of my delivery like the like the DLC opening, like the... Oh, I hate it. <laughs> drop the base <laughs> amazing uh also we want to say a hearty happy birthday to you friend thank uh, you congratulations yeah thank you very much the big the big four zero yeah and, and jeff you you i i <laughs> can i can i say that i you may i'm grateful for my 40th birthday yeah i went to um cameo.com slash uh jeff canada with two ends and one t and uh, requested a cameo for my 40th birthday, thinking that'll, that'll be a nice uplifting message that'll like get me going. Like it's the day after my 40th, I'm a bit hungover. And Jeff sent me the most depressing yeah. and miserable cameo limerick. 
That was imaginable. I was like, he he said he wanted some um, uh, advice for turning forty, and I said, yeah, it's it's all over. That's it. Forty. <laughs> you know, I'm just I'm just telling you the truth, my friend. So it's 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 all uh, it's all down here from here. So thank you very much. It's, and it's been a pleasure <laughs> to um been a pleasure to have been here on my on on the B day. <laughs> well, uh, it, it is our pleasure to have you, and and again, I'm very grateful for for that and all the things you do to support us. It's it is appreciated. Christian, what about you? What do you got going on this week? Well, apparently, I'm uh, getting a cameo from Jeff because I do love I love the idea that like Jeff on uh, you know Filmcast or We Have Concerns or FCS Sports, right? FCSE now, yeah. Uh, on this show is just like positive. Here's the great parts about this thing. Like this is it. And then you, you get a cameo and he's like, you're dead. Uh, <laughs> to you. I'm positive about everything except aging. <laughs> you're, you're dead. Um, uh, Twitter. I am. You can find me on Twitter as well with one S one P one I. one E. In one R. And we find you it there. Doesn't, it doesn't sound like you can find you there, Christian. You can find me. I you can find me there. It's like a spooky, you know, haunted house. Like it's there, but you drive by it and you're like, ooh. You may or may not be a little surprise or, visit. <laughs> yeah. Are those decorations or is that just uh dilapidated? Which uh I learned now nah, I'm not gonna get into it. I'll get into it in a parting gift. I was gonna say something else, but I'll get there. Um I'm there, I'm there occasionally, but the best way is hang I'm hanging out on our Discord with our wonderful uh community of folks in there. Awesome discussions. Um <laughs> food on sticks, still a hot topic, still a hot <laughs> my, my position re food on sticks has been wildly <laughs> misreported. You know what I'm saying? I I joking on an episode and I like I almost died like I almost choked <laughs> laughing and not because I was trying to eat something off a stick like I, I could not get over that whole if you're not a Patreon and you're not listening to that Wednesday show then you missed frankly some of the best absurdist comedies since Monty Python uh, that I've heard in a long time the absurdity of just trying to eat some kebab off a stick and not pulling it off with a fork what are you doing I mean I appreciate really the compliment but you're it, you're saying absurd and I'm just express, expressing my life these are my lived experiences <laughs> I, I mean, it's hard because I think every episode is great, but it really was an all-timer where not only is it just a funny conversation and a question from, and again, it came from the Discord, from Glasscock, wonderful people answering different their own opinions there in that original question, but also uh, the way it was sprung on us and like we're all kind of, kind of like Jeff saying, you can fill in the blank. Like I did blank all day and everybody's like, we're all... Okay. Well, this, we're gonna, no, we are going to answer this question seriously. But also, is Jeff being serious right now? Is Jeff okay? Just, <laughs> no. Answer's no. It was good. It was good. But Twitter. I'm over 40, Will. I'm not okay. <laughs> Twitter's a good way. The Discord's an even better way. And then I do a newsletter that folks can subscribe to for free at tinyletter.com slash Christian Spicer, where I write about video games. Jeff. What about you, my friend? Well, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Kanata, which is spelled two N's and one T. And I am actually there way more than I should be. Let's be honest. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> way, way more. Uh, but also, I am on a number of other podcasts you could check out, too, including the Filmcast, which is about movies and TV shows. 
Uh, lots of fun to be had there as well. And I do a comedy science show with Anthony Carboni. We mentioned him a, a number of times. It's called We Have Concerns. Oh, I had a great episode. I don't know when it's coming out. <laughs> Anthony Anthony got hit by a truck. Let's be honest. He got hit by a truck. So uh, You mean he turned 40? Um, yeah, right. <laughs> Metaphorically and literally. Um, but uh, anyway, he had a great episode about the Ig Nobel Prizes, which... <laughs> Ah, oh, so fun. So fun. Google those if you have a second. Um, or let us talk, tell you about them at wehaveconcerns.com. Also, uh, fan-controlled sports and entertainment. Uh, just announced the season of hoops and the third season of football coming in the spring. Hoops coming in February. It's going to be so much fun. You can hang out with us and and uh, hear about that uh, at a new location, twitch.tv slash fan-controlled sports, because it's no longer just football. Uh, so uh, we do that on Twitch. We do it on YouTube. It's a podcast as well. You can check it out. Uh, also, email us here, dlcfeedback at gmail.com. All right. Let's wrap the show up now with our parting gifts. Hey, give us a suggestion of what to do this week. Give us a parting gift. This is your parting gift. Will, do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week? I do. In fact, I, I'm going to be cheeky and, and take a couple because um, I've added an extra one. In honor of Her Majesty, Mm. our beloved departed Queen Elizabeth II, who is no more, um, (laughs) it just so happened uh, that I had tickets, uh, I got given tickets for my birthday to go and see Hamilton, the musical, uh, the day after the Queen copped it. And there was nothing quite as amusing as going and watching a musical all about how terrible the monarchy is (laughs) and (laughs) Americans broke away from it <laughs> and the oppressive regime of the stupid royals um, just after your queen has died. And I, mm-hmm. it just reminded me, um, they, they gave a very lovely sort of uh, opening sort of monologue before the thing started about how they were, you know, the show must go on, etc. But it just reminded me how amazing uh, Hamilton on Disney Plus is. If you haven't yeah. yet watched it, that original cast production of Hamilton is just a delight and so um, in, with respect to uh, His Majesty, King Charles, and Her Majesty, the late, um, I must recommend that we all watch something about the Americans. Um, nice. I, and- you know, I just, I, somebody just pointed out to me uh, something that blew my mind, uh, but you, you kind of just referenced it, is uh, James Bond no longer works for Her Majesty's Secret Service. Works for His Majesty's. Yes. Yes. For the first time in uh, in history, which is amazing. Um, yeah, and then uh, just another, um, just sort of ringing the transatlantic changes, which is, um, you guys, we we just got Paramount Plus mm. over here. I don't. You guys have had Paramount Plus, I think, for a while. We have, um, but it means that it's the first chance that we have legitimately had the chance to see South Park season twenty five. And first of all, I mean, hitting a quarter century on a yeah. TV series wow. seems like what on earth? I mean, I, it is the longest running TV show of all time, right? Apart from The Simpsons. Simpsons, yeah. I think Simpsons beats it, but yeah. Um, South Park season 25 is funnier than ever. It's six episodes of just absolute pure comic genius. It is as good as any of the best seasons of South Park. There wow. is one episode, Jeff... Where <laughs> South Park is descended upon as a 
cute little place in Colorado where all the people from California want to <laughs> move to when the pandemic hits because they want that they want that out of town they want that cute little work from home living and a nice little community for their kids and uh, South Park very quickly goes goes very badly because of the number of uh, of very trendy people that move in too quickly oh, uh, I, I, I couldn't watch it without thinking yeah. Yeah. It's me. It's me, baby. Uh, it is funny to, to to literally drive by South Park, Colorado, and uh, and notice that it does have ample parking day or night. It's uh, it's impressive. Yeah. So um, yeah, Paramount Plus. If you haven't watched it already, I know this is kind of a few months old for a few Yankees, but um, for anybody listening anywhere else in the world, or if you're in America and haven't checked it out yet, man, it's a real doozy. That's great. I, I really have to check out that episode. Also, if you now have Paramount Plus. Uh, perhaps you'll now be able to see players if you haven't already will it is on my list i'm so excited okay. you guys have been talking about it for ages and it's, it's, it's on my list of things to get to yeah fantastic all right there you go uh south park season 25 and hamilton christian spicer what is your parting gift uh, I'm going to comment real quick. It is wild to me that we are doing the end of a video game show, and we just talked about Paramount Plus for five minutes or so. We didn't talk about Halo. At no point did anyone say, you got to watch this Halo show, <laughs> which I don't think it was ro- not wrong to <laughs> not mention it. It is Ouch. Yeah. Wa- right? Like, that is wild. Mm. Like, oh, also, also this other show. Also, this, oh, do you know what else is on Paramount Plus? This is really good. Anything else? No, I think we covered, well, we covered it. all of it. <laughs> I think we got it, guys. I think we got it. Yeah. It's wild. Um, I am also going to recommend some watching for folks. Um, I started getting into uh, Spooktober a little early. Mm. Um, two films that I watched on Shudder, which, side note, I get it. Everybody's got to have a streaming service. I liked when I could just rent anything, you know, like you could get anything and watch it. And now it's like, where is this one? Oh, okay, yeah. I'm going to sign up for my seven days of this one to do this. Um, but there are two horror movies, psychological thrillers, I would say, that I really wanted to watch as a, as a, a fan of the genre and I'd heard great things about. The first is Watcher, which is directed by Chloe. I'm going to say her last name wrong, uh, but Akuno. And I, she directed a segment of VHS 95, I think, that first VHS. And I think this is her first uh, directorial debut, her feature debut. And it also stars um, Micah Monroe. um, And she was the lead of It Follows as well. And it is, um, as a cisgendered straight white male, I have not lived this life, but I've heard the movie described to me as as showcasing the everyday in public female anxiety better than any horror or psychological thriller has yet and watching it and watching um, her performance really elevates what is otherwise largely a standard beat thriller, which is fine. It doesn't need to be anything more than that when it's this expertly crafted and the way she carries this film is just absolutely exquisite. They had to change locations. It was filmed um in i think romania and they they used that it was originally the original script had it taking place in new york and it was still set to be a fish out of water story but i think moving it internationally and the way that it makes the protagonist feel even more isolated it is taught i think it's like 97 minutes or something like that beautifully shot and um her performance uh, it's incredible highly highly recommend watcher it is on shutter and maybe IFC as well or IFC Midnight, but it is on Shutter. 
here in the US. And the second one is Speak No Evil, which is a Danish film that um, uh, <laughs> my parents, my mom especially, would be upset that I cannot say the director's name, but it's Christian Tafterf, however you would say that in Danish. He is a Danish director. And the film is um, about a Danish family and a Dutch family who meet on a mute, on a European vacation and become kind of fast friends. And then one family invites the other family to their home and, you know, don't talk to strangers folks, you know, <laughs> uh, and things start going awry from there. And it again is just a taut psychological thriller. I think it also is 95 minutes, something like that. And it just keeps upping its own ante in a series of what are like micro aggressions or micro thrills, you know, along the way, pushing these families to a very uncomfortable breaking point, but then letting it rest again and then building it back up. And uh, like many a horror or thriller movie, um, the film really pays off in the end. And um, it is also available on Shudder now It's Speak No Evil. Um, really, really recommend both. They're, they're, they're really well done. And what I was going to say earlier, as it relates to me getting into spooky movies early, is I rewatched the original Halloween um, recently as well, which takes place very close to me um, where they shot it. And apparently, you can still find Mike Myers' house. It still exists. You can go and visit it. But apparently when it was shot, that house was in that condition. Like they didn't have to do any set dressing. It was already a dilapidated house um, that they found to shoot in, which I find fascinating. Usually it's like, we'll find this house. And then you look at it in real life and it's the most gorgeous thing you've ever seen. (laughs) And they make it look scary. But uh, this one was in fact scary. But the two movies I want to recommend, Watcher. And speak no evil. They are both on Shutter here in the U.S. There's a number of gems on Shutter. I'm so I'm, uh, I'm sort of uh, low key impressed with that. Yeah, uh, and, and worth saying that um, I don't think Shutter as a direct subservice is available outside the U.S. But Amazon has mm. a deal. Um, if you're in the U.K. and I think a lot of the rest of Europe, you can get it on Prime Video channels. So you can get it through your Amazon Prime subscription. So that's uh, that's pretty funky. Very cool. Um, my parting gift, I know I've mentioned this a number of times before, but last night I had the pleasure of seeing the midnight, uh, one of our favorite bands here at DLC, Christian, and I both love the midnight, uh, just got to see them live in Denver, uh, at the mission ballroom and they're doing a, uh, a, a, I think Western part of the United States tour right now. And just, it's the third or fourth time I've seen them live. Never fail to completely blow the roof off of whatever venue they're in. Such heartfelt, wonderful music. The new album is Heroes. They played a number of tracks from it, and all of those are bangers. I mean, that, that album is full of anthems, you know, songs mm-hmm. you want to sing along with, with a crowd full of people, which is what I did. Uh, you know, Brooklyn, Friday in Love. It's like this, this is like he's just singing it. Um, so many uh, great songs and their live experience, I think, is absolutely phenomenal, unmissable. So it keeps getting better as well. Like yes. they, they keep finding ways, Tim and Tyler and their production crew, they keep finding ways to make it yes. more amazing. And, the, you know, the, the band keeps kind of expanding what they have on stage and the, the sort of live experience. I mean, it's very much a synth pop, uh, you know, uh, um, what do they call it? Uh, something wave. What's the word? New before? wave. New it's wave. not new wave. It's something Retro wave. wave. Synthwave. 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 Yeah, Synthwave. Yeah, so, uh, you know, very much 
doesn't have to have a full live band experience, but they do. And it's, it's awesome. And so many of their songs have awesome saxophone solos and the saxophonist will come out and just like rip into a solo and the whole crowd will go bonkers. It's, it's just a blast. Yeah. So if you have a chance to see the midnight, if you know, if you haven't listened to the music, listen to their music, check out all their albums. New album is great, but every album is great. They are great. And the live experience is so worth seeking out. Um, so and I know that this is just the beginning of their tour. Uh, and I think it's going through uh, the next couple of months, perhaps. Um, so if you have a chance to see the Midnight Live, I highly, highly recommend it. We also got a listener-suggested parting gift. This comes to us at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. Uh, this one was sent in by Justin. Justin writes... Um, he, Justin wrote uh, after I had uh, gone through some stuff that I um, talked about on social media uh, with regard to my daughter being in the hospital um, last week, or maybe it was the week before, um, and uh, very kindly wrote, the, uh, Jeff, I uh, hope this, by the time this reaches you, I hope you're home with your daughter and out of the hospital. But hearing you talk about your experience made me want to share something that my family does for other families that require long hospital visits. We live in Boston, which has a high concentration of hospitals, some of which specialize in one-of-a-kind surgeries, especially for children. We work with a charitable organization called Hospitality Homes to offer a whole floor of our house for visiting families to stay in while they have a patient in the hospital. Think of it like an Airbnb for free, for charity. We get to meet families from lots of places, Peru, Germany, Israel, Puerto Rico, and all over the U.S., Sometimes they're with us for just a few nights and sometimes for many weeks or even months. So my parting gift to listeners is this. If you want to do good in the world but are skeptical about giving money to charities, consider seeking out a charity where you can offer your time. Food banks are always looking for extra hands to help with sorting and organizing their pantries. Look for volunteer trash pickup events in your community. Sites like nextdoor.com often have posts from elderly neighbors looking for help from able-bodied people. And on the flip side, if you're struggling, ask for help. There are so many organizations and individuals who want to support you. And if you should find yourself in Boston for medical treatment, I hope I can open my home to give you one less thing to worry about. Sorry, that hit me. <clears throat> it's a beautiful thing you're doing, Justin, and your family is doing, and I think this is a wonderful parting gift. And I will say that I saw, um, you know, the, the, you know, it's a tricky time for a lot of people right now. Um, if you're struggling, ask for help. I saw it, one of the most fantastic TikToks I've, I've ever, I've seen in, 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 you know, since, since opening up that app. And it was, um, a woman who just documented her experience of going to a food bank. Mm. She's like, I am really struggling this week, this month. I am going to go to a food bank and I'm going to TikTok the whole thing so you can see what it's like. So if you need to do it, you don't need to be uh, to be worried about it. You don't need to, you know, not worry about what to expect. You can kind of know what to do. So I would also add to that, you know, consider telling other people how to do things that maybe you already know how to do, because that can really help um, lower people's inhibitions about doing things. Uh, well said. Well said. If you'd like to have your parting gift on our show, like Justin did, you can send it to us, dlcfeedback at gmail.com. We appreciate those. 
And uh, we appreciate you for listening. We also appreciate Will Harris for being here, Christian Spicer for being here as well. Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star for the awesome bumpers. Thanks to our theme song composers, White Cube, which is Jason Sherry and Christian, Christian Spicer. Nope, not Christian. And uh, T. Ryan Arnold, uh, who made that. Um, and uh, we want to thank our patrons who specifically make this show possible. You are really the reason we're still here. So uh, consider being one at patreon.com slash DLC pod. If you go there, you'll notice that the topmost tier of patrons, the hype train level, uh, get a shout out at the end of every episode. So we want to do that right now. It is time for my favorite part of the show, where I get to thank our hype train patrons. Thank you all so much. Jason Novak, Octavian Ratziu, Christian Bravery, Jad, Peter Olberg, Michael Buck, Mike Lombardo, the Spice Man Silencer, which is still being silent. But I'm going to... F- I will find a moment. It's like into October. The Spice Man will come to play. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. Albert Vajelda Dios. Jonathan. Spice Man Forever. Schlepplefer. Stu Goss. Kevin Brazel. Ben. Dan Palmino. Malcolm King. Mark Gowland. Jason Putney. Will with 1L Harris. No thanks to you, buddy. Not this week. You join us on the show and have great input. No, I, why, I. Chris Zacharias, Jonathan Talbert, Scooby Diesel, Adam Denby, Tassan, Dan Flanagan, Anthony Gulas, Andy Joyce, Matt Valdez, John Sisko, David Epp, Hyperboy66, Sheru Ken, Comedian Aaron Trahan, Curtis from Louisville, Relentless Rex, Michael S., Kyle Starr, Riley Knox, Rob Rixman, Hank Patton, Cheesy Bob, Victor Venezuela, Matt Bradley, Jeff Luxack, Mitchell Ness, Jimmy Radcliffe, Scott Hughes, Jenny, Nate, Zachary White, Yick, Soren Silk, Travis, Jackson, Michael Stadler, Nick Strauss-Klein, Josh Peake, Taylor Wigert. Thank you all so much. Sincerely, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you, thank you, thank you. Baby! All right. Thanks so much for listening. See you next week. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.